I got a new uh, lieutenant as well, Miss Phyllis, came down to help uh, with our Christmas program. And uh, when I was at Drill Weekend this past uh, couple of weekends ago, they were still talking about how much fun they had and how meaningful the service was. And we all appreciate uh, Phyllis for coming down and uh, taking care of that. I want to ask you a question that I asked myself several several weeks ago, right? It's a new year, made it. We are here, right? Everybody still say, we're saying 20 now. We're not writing 19 on our checks or anything like that, right? So we're into 2020. And I want to ask you a question that I was asking myself, and that is, what kind of impact do you want to make in 2020? To think about that as we're sharing together from God's Word, that what kind of impact do you want to make? Because impact has a lot of connotations to it. Several years ago, my daughter discovered the rather quick form of impact when a guy ran the red light and T-boned her. But that's not quite the impact I'm talking about. I'm more along the lines of the impact that her maternal and her paternal grandmother had on her. The life that they lived and still live today, that that has been an impact into her life. They have been influencers. And that's the type of impact I want to talk about. And I want to bring from a familiar passage from God's Word. Uh, it comes from Second Chronicles. And I'm going to I have two things that I, I really keep in mind when I go to Scripture to understand more about what God wants to tell me. And the first one is, as I understand, and I come at it from the very beginning, God is sovereign. That's the first thing. Get that out of the way. Second, that if a sovereign God decided to write a book, then he more than likely put the words where he wanted them to be, and he chose the words he wanted to use. And in that mindset, I look at what God's Word has to say for us. And from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, the very first part of 14, it says, If I shut up the heavens so that there was no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And I want to stop right there because that's our part. And I want to kind of camp here for just a moment, but let's pray together. Father, we are just so grateful that we have an opportunity to come and delve into what you have for us. That we can sense your presence in the spoken word. And that as our time grows together that we will discover ways in which we might be preparing ourselves for the impact you want us to have during this 2020. And so guide us and lead us and be right beside us in Jesus' name. Amen. I have folks that come up to me because I, uh, my parish is a military base. So you can kind of imagine all the members I've got. I've got, I think I've got four now Buddhists. I've got a couple of Wiccans, I've got uh, some regular Church of Christ, we've got some Anglicans, we've got Catholics, we've got the folks that just don't care one way or another, and they always come in looking for us chaplains to have conversations with. 
Maybe you've got people at work that are not believers and they kind of zero in and go, oh, let's have fun with the, the believer. Well, they kind of have that fun with me as well. And uh, sometimes they'll pull this passage out and say, okay, so what you're telling me is I got to get my life together before God's going to say anything or do anything in my life. Because that's pretty much what we just read. Get your life together and then I'll answer whatever you got to say. And I went, well, you know, that's a really great question. And it's a great observation, but you're missing just a little bit. And that's what I want to help you with because you may be in that point where you just can't figure out what kind of impact or what does God want me to do or is God really caring? Maybe you started this year off not such a great way of doing it. And you want to know what God's will is for you. So we're going to look at, come down there to where it says, If my people who are called by my name, my people. He's talking about believers, those people who are called by my name. And I like that. You can, you can change that a little bit, of whom my name is called. And when you say it like that, it's like saying, there are three Bennets in the congregation tonight. There are four in the Bennett clan. Me, Miss Paula, and uh, she chose the name after about 41 years ago, she had this lapse of judgment and decided that that was a good idea at the time. And so far, she hasn't figured it out yet, so shh, don't tell her. Uh, and I have my daughter, Bennett, my son, who's Bennett. We're all Bennett's. We are called, we identify by our last name as being Bennett's. God is saying, you who identify by my last name, your last name as believer, but Christian, whatever that happens to be in that context, he is calling you by name. And that is who you're supposed to be, to be his name, his namesake. And if we are called by that, then humble yourself. That's an interesting word. And the four words, humble, pray, seek, and turn. All four of those have three things in common. And the first one is, and I'm going to really park on humble so you can get a feel for what's going on with this. Humbling yourself. It can mean to surrender. But literally, it means, in, if we were to take our kind of terminology, it means to take the knee. Not like NFL, but take the knee. In an act of surrender. But it also means, and in this context, it means that you who are a soldier, that you who have been fighting on the side of the enemy, have decided that the enemy was the wrong side to be on, and you are coming to give your allegiance, your loyalty, and you are submitting yourself to the new king. And that is what that stepping, kneeling down is. It is acknowledging that you want to be a part of that king's life, that king's reign. Maybe you've never done that before. Here's the good news, and this is some of the things that they have in common. You can just get started. Maybe you're at that point in your life where you just have never said, I don't really need this Jesus, I don't need God or any of that kind of stuff. You're not humbling yourself, but then something happens. And you say, yes, I, I, I really do need, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what humbling means or how I'm supposed to do it. In the text it says, those who are called by my name and begin 
to humble themselves. You don't know how to do it? Not a problem. You just start learning. What does it seem like you're supposed to be doing in learning how to humble yourself? It says that. But it also says maybe you've had an experience someplace in your life where you accepted Christ as your personal Savior and now you kind of wandered off and you've gotten busy. There's not a whole lot of things going. And every now and then you'll stop and, and uh, recommit yourself to what Jesus is wanting to do in your life. It's kind of a habit for you. It's not a big thing, but it's kind of a habit for you. And God says, if you're in the habit of humbling yourselves, that's okay. That's where I want you to start. And then there's finally this last part in this. It says, if that is your lifestyle of humbling, you wake up humbling yourself before God, allowing him to take control and be the owner of whatever your day has to offer. And you do that every single day, and it's like breathing for you. God is saying, humble yourself as a lifestyle. So if you see the progress you know, where you begin with don't know what I'm doing, don't know how to do this, to doing it as a lifestyle and it being like just second to breathing, God says wherever you are in that spectrum, humble yourself. We'll get on a little bit later and we're going to find out that he accepts it wherever we start in that process. And so then we come to pray. Well, I don't know how to pray. A real good friend of mine years ago named Randy Bug. He was at a revival at a church that I was minister of music at. And he decided that God, he wanted God in his life. Well, he had been a hard time rock and roller. And he got down on his knees and he just pled with God to take over his life. And he was crying and he got up and he was sharing just how great it was to have this experience of Christ in his life. But it was a hard time rock and roller. So guess what kind of language he was using? <laughs> it was quite colorful. Quite colorful. But the pastor said, looked at the group and said, yeah, we know what he's saying. We're, 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 we'll work on that. <laughs> Step one, we're going to get him into this point. Learning how to pray. He doesn't know how to pray. He doesn't know how to talk about Jesus. We're going to teach him. It says here, if you're at that point in your life that you've never prayed in your entire life, God says, okay, now start praying. Don't know how to do it? That's fine. Just talk to me. Take the time to talk to me. You know, how did you start? You know, when you tried to meet friends, you introduce yourself. You talk about yourself. You then listen and hear what the other people have to say. Maybe you're one of those people who pray whenever it's convenient. You try to pray every day, but, you know, life gets in the way and something doesn't happen. But it's still kind of a habit for you. God says, that's okay. Start there. Start there. And if you are one of those people who have a war room in your house, and you go into the war room a kitten and come out a roaring lion, that is your lifestyle. You live and breathe the prayers that you send up to God. He says, great place to start. Pray. Seek my face. The people who have never sought God's face will look at me and go, I don't even know what that means. Am I supposed to go looking for his face like in a piece of toast on the internet? I mean, what, how do I go about looking for his face? What does that mean? I said, it just means having a relationship. 
learning how to have a relationship. If you've never made that first step to having that relationship and you're here tonight, great news. God says, great place to start. It's an awesome place to start. But it's the place to start. But we will continue. Maybe you've got that prayer that you pray every now and again. God says, keep going. Keep making it part of your life until it becomes that lifestyle. You see the progression going in here? Starting, kind of making it a habit, to making it a lifestyle. This is where God says, wherever you are in that, that's where I want you to start. Because you're not going to finish. You start here, you're going to be going here. If you're at the, at the lions coming out of the war room, he's going to want you to go back and bring up some of those cubs that are just in the first, thought, their first steps and bring them into the tribe. And then he says, to seek my face is being part of the relationship. And then turn from your wicked ways. The word there means to turn and make an about face and keep walking away. Wicked ways is interesting though. Because there's intentionality in that word. Wicked ways. Sometimes it's maybe translated to sin, but the word means is wicked ways literally means to take in battle, to take a knife or a spear and jam it into your opponent, but that's not enough. You give it a little extra twist. You ever worked with a coworker that had the unique ability to not just kind of stab you a little bit, but kind of turn it a little at the same time how that made you feel? That's what he is saying about wicked ways. He says, turn from that. Drop that weapon. Leave the weapon and turn away from all of that. Turn away from the weapons that you were using as an enemy and move toward me and become one of mine. Because when you either start, get in the middle of, or you've made it a lifestyle of all of these things, whether it's humbling yourself, praying, seeking God's face, turning from your wicked ways, here is the promise. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will hear the land. Here's the important part I want you to hear about that second part of what God is willing to bring to you if you just start the process You feel that continuation in what he's asking us to do. And he says, then I will hear from heaven. Complete. Done. You're not going to get a little piece of his hearing. He's not going to be listening to you while he is watching San Francisco win mightily during the Super Bowl. I just couldn't bring myself to say in Kansas City, I'm sorry. He's not going to listen to you like that. He's not going to be listening to you as you have, as he's reading the newspaper, as sometimes we often do. It says, I will hear, you have my full attention. Each one of you has God's full attention. Whenever you speak to him, whenever you try to seek his face, just try to figure out when you sit there and go, God, I don't have any idea how to do this. And he looks at you. And he just takes you by the shoulders and pulls you up and looks you right in the eye. And he says, tell me about it. 
And I will take you there. I will hear what you're saying. I will hear what your problems are. Totally focused. Finished. Don't get any more. You get all of it. The good part is, it also says, I will forgive their sin. No progression there. I'll start. It doesn't say, I'll start forgiving your sin. And maybe a little bit later, I'll make it a habit. Giving your sin. And then maybe at some point before you die, yeah, I'll forgive all of them. It's not what it says. It says, I will forgive. It's done. No more. It's the beauty of hearing this, the, the song, East is from the West. Have you ever thought about, he says, your sin is far as from the East and from the West. You ever looked at a globe? How long can you travel East before you start traveling West? Now, if you travel north to south, at some point you start traveling south and then you start traveling north. But how many times can you start traveling east, keep going, and end up traveling west? You can't. That is forgiveness of your sin. And in that, it is your sin of disobedience to his instruction. It is the turning away from his love, his character, to do your own thing. But he says, I will take that, put it in this hand, put it east. You start traveling, see if you can find it. Not going to happen. Because you can't get there. You can't get to the west by traveling east. You'll always be traveling east, no matter where you are. I will forgive your sin. If you're here tonight and that has never happened to you, hear that. He's not going to piecemeal his forgiveness for you. And you don't have to keep doing things to earn that forgiveness. He says, here it is, all of it. Yeah, you're starting to pray? Not a problem. Here's everything I have for you. How different can the impact that we can make in 2020 if we understand just that? That God has given everything, all of himself to us. Even though he only expects us to get started in the process. And then it says, I will heal their land. The word heal there is not just to get rid of illness, to get rid of disease. But it's to bring about a complete change in the way the earth is, the world is. It's no longer that you won't suffer from disease or suffer from cancer or whatever kind of problems you have. Praying continued for uh, my dear friend and member here, Stephen Young. It's not that nobody's going to have a stroke anymore. It's going to be just the opposite to the extreme. It's not going to be that we won't get sick, but we just keep getting better. God's promise is he will heal our land. And it just gets better. It gets more fruitful. It becomes even better no matter what happens. God in control, being sovereign, continues that process. And in all of that, all he asks us to do is just start. Start wherever you are in, the process. in your walk with Christ. Start there. You don't have to move to some different level you don't have to go out and sit on a post or something for 24 hours to prove that yes you are now becoming more spiritual God just says start where you are 
the beautiful hymn, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. It's where we are. God wants us where we are. Because what he promises is he will take us from where we are, whatever point in that process we are, and he will move us to that which is better. And when we can realize that, we can prepare ourselves for the impact that God wants us to each have. Because I can promise you, if he's going to forgive your sin, he's going to heal your life, he's going to hear you when you call out to him and give you his full attention, just imagine when you say, God, don't know how to ask this, don't even know how to go about doing this, but what do you want me to do? God's going to look at you and go, have I got a plan for you? And he takes you and he says, you want to see impact? You want to be an impact in this congregation? If you're one of those whose lifestyle is prayer, God's going to give you a hint that you need to go talk to this person over here that doesn't know how to even begin praying. What an impact that you're going to be having. There's people who are struggling and trying to get away from the sin of addiction or whatever kind of sin it is. It's just something that just keeps dragging them back and they just can't feel like they're getting anywhere forward. You may be the one who's called to come and kneel beside them, hold them, and say, God has something important for you to do and you can impact that individual. Now, it might be something spectacular, something quick, you know, some moment in another person's life in which you will Wake up and be amazed at what God is wanting to do in your life. And it could be that kind of an impact. More likely, it's going to be the impact that uh, my daughter's grandmothers have on her. It's over time. But you know what it means? If it's over time, then that's intentional. you got to keep moving at it. you got to keep grabbing at it. This past weekend, I do a Sunday worship service for cadets. We were at a joint training exercise in Owensboro and it's a volunteer service and if you don't want to go to that we have other training that you can be going to so you're not just kind of wandering around we try to keep everybody busy and a cadet came up to me and said "Uh, chaplain where do you go if you're not religious and I thought no no (laughs) that's just too easy (laughs) surely that's not what he's asking he got i said well what do you mean he said they didn't say what room the character development and the other training is going to be in. they told us the room that the service was going to be in but they didn't tell us where the other activities were going to be that we're supposed to be training for oh that's what you wanted to know where you were going if you weren't religious gotcha now i told him he said, thank you, chaplain, and he went off. Got into the service, got it started doing some introductions, just kind of welcoming everybody. Here comes that cadet in the back door. Two cadets in tow. Come in, and they sit in the very back. I wave, acknowledge that they're there. Thank you, you know, for seeing you guys. Good to see you. We go on and had the service, and in it, my thing is that I always have to give an invitation. It's just something in me that I have to make that invitation. And I did. 
And we sang a little song, and then we prayed, and everybody just, you know, we, they were dismissed to go down and start their next uh, training class. Well, I was sitting there eating lunch, and this cadet walks over, and, he's, and uh, I look up, and I said, you know, it was great to see you this morning. Thanks for dropping in. And he goes, well, thanks, chaplain. It was really good. I said, really? How so? He says, I didn't fall asleep. And I thought, you know, it started. The impact has started. It may take three, four more services or just another three or four times for me. He and I to connect with one another, chat, and see how his life is going. But the impact has started. He's at that beginning point. And God says, that's a great place to start. Now you go help him get, it, get further in. And now God is asking you to get closer and to get closer to him and to get further into what that impact he has in for your life. Let's pray together. Father God, we are just so grateful for the opportunity to come and hear what you have to say to us. That... We may be having things going on in our life that is just so distracting and hurtful and just taking up so much energy that we can't even think straight. And Father, that you, in your wisdom, are asking us to become connected with you in such a way that we would see where that impact needs to happen. That we will be given an opportunity to get someone started. Started in a direction that will end with them actually beginning a brand new life in you. And so God, I pray right now that we would be intentional about humbling ourselves before you. To not take credit for what's going on. To pray, to seek your face. Become more personally involved with you in that relationship. And also to continue to turn away from those things that would distract us toward you who have the ultimate passion, the ultimate purpose in our lives and want to share that with us. And so now as we find, finalize this time together, I pray that those who are struggling will come and they will kneel and pray. That others who are Seeing that happen, that they would, in their own way, know that they are supposed to go. Don't let us be distracted and not go. But to come alongside each of us so that we might be able to share and build and grow this congregation here. So as individuals have an impact, but as a body of Christ here in this location, that we would have an impact on the community as well. And we pray that all in Jesus' name.